Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Chronicles of the Black Sheep. Today, I know we finished the episode earlier, speaking on autism, and we are back today for Let's Talk About Autism, um, where we have the mommy edition, just learning uh, as a mother what you go through when you have a child with autism. So tonight we do have our host DW on the line. We have Miss Honey. Mm -hmm. And our special guest tonight is Nicole Reese. So opening up, um, we know that this is Autism Awareness as well as Acceptance Month. Uh, many people don't know much about autism but do have family members with autism. So from a mother's perspective, uh, at least from the mothers that I know, I think it's good to get more insight and actually really learn more about this disability. So Mr. Randolph, would you like to kick off tonight with the questions? Well, first of all, I want uh, Miss Nicole Reese to introduce herself uh, Tell us a little about a little bit about you um, and your point of view. Um, I am Nicole Reese. I am an active duty service member and a single mother to an amazing young king. His name is Rowan Xavier. He's seventeen. He was diagnosed. That boy thirty. Stop lying. That boy is thirty. I promise you. <laughs> he looks 30. But he's well, he's 16 actually. Look at me, turning 17 in July. And he was diagnosed a little bit before he turned two. So it's been a minute. We've been on this journey for a while. And I still I remember when I first met uh met you at Rare when we was in the um we were in the auditorium for something and Rowan was in the back. And I was just looking, and I was like, "Who child is that?" He was like, "Oh, that's my, my that's my son. Don't worry about him. He all right." And I'm just looking, and I'm like, "Damn, he look like he about 17. No, he's. She was like, "I forgot how old he was then." I was like, "What?" But yeah, and my dumbass asked, "Do he play ball?" Who did? He's like, "No, he has autism." And then she schooled me, and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." And, then, and ever since then, like, she kept me straight, like. I had a question, I'll run to her like, hey, what about this, this, and this? And she said, oh, no, no. And she'll tell me like it is, not no. Well, if you look in chapter four of the DSM, nah, she's like, this is what I have to deal with. Right. This is what I got going on, blah, 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 blah. And it, and it opened my eyes to that aspect. And then so fast forward to now where we're actually talking about it. She was the first person I said, yes, I know somebody who, who helped me understand it. And so that's why we really appreciate 
really appreciate that. Now, my question is, from a mother's point of view, what was the hardest thing when it comes to dealing with um, autism? I can only pick one. No. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Honestly, as we transitioned, it's changed. So initially, when he was younger, um, and you know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So when he was, he didn't start talking well, and he still has a speech delay um, until he was probably like eight or nine, like really where I could understand what he was trying to verbalize. Um, but during those early years, we were frustrated with each other because I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to say. I don't know if you know what you're trying to say. I'm trying to figure it out so I can help you. He's getting frustrated because I don't understand and you mama, so you're supposed to know, you know. Right. So it would cause meltdowns and tantrums. So honestly, I've had my struggles with him as a teenager because now you combine autism, 6'4". You, you oh. taller than me, you weigh more than me. Um, testosterone hormones teenager so the now the meltdowns where you were crying turn into outbursts where ipads are getting sent to apple store to get fixed you know and tvs are getting broken yes so mm. um so um definitely get that apple care that's what i'm gonna say so anyway, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's 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 transitioned the struggle has transitioned i'll say that because it was frustrating you know not being able to communicate with him. Now we got this whole communication thing down on lock, but now it's other things. And even now there'll be times where he can't express, and there he is, <laughs> he can't express himself fully to me. And that's probably been the struggle because- Hey, mom. Hey, baby, here he is. Can you say hi? Make a cameo. Okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but that's been the struggle. Yeah, I told you he's 30. I promise. Oh, he, he yeah, he and he quick with it. He, Hello, goodbye. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that is that is real. That is real. So Nicole, when, when we were doing our our meeting and greeting in our in the messenger, mm -hmm. one of the things that you mentioned that stuck out to me, and I was like, Oh, this this a real parent. Like she in the trenches was when you mentioned the three D's. Can you explain what the three D's are? I don't remember. Is that bad? Uh, no, it's not. Because look, yeah. look, look I had to go back. A, I was like, wait, what's that third D? No, you're good. So the the three Ds mm -hmm. for anybody asking is dentists, doctors, and oh. daycare. Oh, Jesus. Okay. It's all coming back. Yes. Yes. Oh, Lord. Um. <laughs> I just had a moment. I'm sorry. I have, again, it's been a journey, right? So we'll talk about the doctor's visits first. So I was fortunate enough as a, as an autism parent, um, stability is important to be stationed in the same place for nine years, which is unheard of in the military. And so we were at Walter Reed and I recall multiple incidents, like having to drag this child into the doctor because he did not want to be seen. Um, I've gotten wigs snatched, thrown, like, in public place, literally, like, you don't need that right now, because I'm not trying to go, um, and stairs, you, and you know when that happens, everybody is on some mind and business, oh, I ain't see nothing, you know, um, I've had that happen, um, it's, it's very difficult when your child is sick, 
And, you know, a toddler can say, oh, it's my stomach or, oh, I have a headache. You know, if they're nonverbal, they can't explain that to you. So now you're trying to explain to the doctor what you think and you're not a doctor. So that's, that can be frustrating. Um, and then just like things like getting blood drawn. I have had mo my, my oh. mother's here. That's like my number one supporter. Just recently, um, Dennis, Rowan has to be put under. Remember, 6'4", about 170. He has to be put under just to get his teeth clean. So I don't remember what procedure he was getting done, mm. but we had to take him to the doctor here in South Carolina. Well, in South Carolina and have him put under. And I, I honest to God, don't remember what it was for. But let me tell you, if if a song was, if Nuck, if you buck was a person, that was Rowan. And my mother's probably going to start mm -hmm. laughing in the background because they were trying to figure out how they were going to sedate him. I said, if y'all think y'all going to come in here and give this child an IV and he just going to sit here and y'all going to distract him with something, you got another thing coming. And so they were sending people in. And one of the things is people think kids with autism lack intelligence. They're highly intelligent. Ah, so he's yeah. looking around like, okay, one, mm -hmm. I see you over there. I'm going to keep looking on my eye. Two, okay, y'all didn't came in here too many times. They were going to try and distract him and then have, and he's like, it's too many of y'all in here. What ended up happening was a brawl, <laughs> like WWE brawl. I'm sitting there. Oh, around. dang. I didn't got hit. One of the nurses didn't got punched, got spit on. My mother's in the corner chuckling. Um, and but at the end of it, they had got, they finally got him, but it was just traumatic, you know. And then you see him mm -hmm. going down in slow motion, and he literally was on the bed, like, wait a minute, like, what's and just finally he passed out. And I'm just sitting here, like, it should not take all this, it shouldn't be done. I, but again, that's life, though. But it's a yes, it's, the struggle is real, and that's and then daycare. I have whoa. He has gotten kicked out of daycare. I've overpaid for daycare. Um, yes. When he was a kindergartner, he was developmentally delayed. So he was still going to the pre-K daycare and the school bus was coming to pick him up and drop him off. He was only there for probably two or three hours a day, but I had to pay the full price. You know, yes. um, mm -hmm. when he finally transitioned into before and after care, I remember a lady calling me upset one day and like, Rowan used the bathroom on himself and you need to come get him. I'm like, He's potty trained. He was potty trained late, but he's potty trained. Went there. He had gas. She never even checked. So I had to leave work, explain to my NCO that I had to leave. You know, that was, that became an issue. And then it was for nothing. So wow. um, daycare has definitely been an issue. We, I we talked about. Um, yes, when I very much. To Maryland, I was coming from overseas and the military had this child referral service. And this African lady was watching kids in her basement at her house and Rowan's different time zone. She had a couple kids there and her husband mm -hmm. let me in the home one day. I was picking him up early and I go downstairs and my child is wearing two pull-ups that are soaking wet in a high chair. As Dee said, he's full grown. He's always been a big child. And he, she had secured, like tied him up. While the other wow. taking a nap. Yes. And I, I, my head spun around a couple of times and I was like, you need to get him and go because anything you do to her is going to affect him. And right now, outside of my mother, he's all you got. So I just picked him up. I didn't take his shoes. I didn't take his bag. And I just left. And I called my NCOIC, um, my boss. 
And he was like, you need to call the child network that referred them. And they end up doing this whole investigation of CPS and she got shut down. But I've had some, fortunately now, you know, I don't have to worry about the daycare thing, but it's, it's real. It is. It is. How do you keep your composure though, to even think about, you know, you got him and that's going to affect him because had you, you know, anybody else seen their, their child in that predicament and, I mean, just, and you know, your child, you know, has special needs. Mm-hmm. Why would she treat a child? they like, what, how did you keep your composure? Um, I'm gonna say God, because, and, and honestly, what's kept me out of a lot of trouble my entire, I say that Rowan was the blessing God sent me to calm me down and keep me out of trouble. Cause I was a little firecracker before I had him, but mm-hmm. don't act like you knew me before. Don't me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Every literally, just about every decision I make of that nature, I, it mm-hmm. all, I always dial back. I always bring to remembrance. You got a that joker feet. He wear a size fifteen. He eat a whole lot. So when it comes to the military, <laughs> you don't want to lose no rank because that's going right. out your pocket. But furthermore, I'm a single parent. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I'm not alone. You know, like I said, I've had a village. My mother is my number one like supporter with my son. Yes. God bless her. That's awesome. but, um, but still, at the end of the day, all he got is mommy. So if I'm okay. getting caught, mm. caught up in some foolishness, or I'm getting locked up because I didn't snatch somebody's scalp off like I want to, yeah, um, yeah. Then what what predicament is that going to leave him in? Because no one knows him better than I do. He's not hey, a hey. child. Bad again for the people in the back. Yeah, like yeah, are, he could say it's almost like having a a toddler. You know, when a toddler will be like, "I want my nanu," and you're like, "What?" Like a toddler, you don't know. And you're like, "Um," and then excuse me, what's he? Oh, it's a sippy cup. And I'm like, "Well, why didn't you say sippy cup?" You know, it's, <laughs> right. like, yeah, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Our entire lifestyle is like that. Just okay. a code. It's like a code that a secret language, verbal and nonverbal, that he and I have. So I can't ever put him in a situation as and there have been many times where trust me i've thought about it but i don't want to put him in a situation where he's already at a disadvantage mm-hmm. i don't want to put him at a further one because i couldn't keep my composure yeah and with me. you with you going we'll be talking about the 3ds and i promise i can relate because where other people can just be like or word of mouth oh let me go to this doctor we have to go through extensive yes searching extensive research to check out these doctors before we take our kids like you literally have to find an autism friendly doctor mm-hmm. a doctor that's not gonna be just prescribing medicine to drug your child up where yeah. they're like mm-hmm. a with the dentist you have to find an autism friendly dentist and a lot of people that's labeled autism friendly are not autism friendly. And this was one of the issues that I experienced with Santi, where he hated going to the dentist from one experience from some people that had an attitude. Yeah. Because you're in his personal space and he's freaking out like, hey, I first of all, you're a stranger, stranger danger. Second of all, you all up in here, like, hold on, like, can we be friends first before you just kind of jump up off of right. my mouth and start feeling around and stuff? So it's one of those. And the daycare. Oh my God, I'm with you. I worked at a daycare and I drove 20 minutes past my job to take him to a place where I know that he was safe and this woman was legit. And I will shout out Mercy's Playhouse 
because Miss Mercy is amazing. From day one, um, Asante went in and he automatically took to her. She was very loving with him. And when I went to pick him up and he tells me, mommy, can we go home and eat? And can you bring me back? And this in the same day, I knew that he was ready. And I'm like, okay, she on point. He loves going to her. And when he hugs you, baby, on the first day she got a hug, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm a, this extra where I could have been getting a discount from him going to my day, going to work with me. I'm paying extra and I'm driving further away to make sure that my child is safe. Because, right. baby, if I would have walked into what you walked into. I had to put some money on her commissary. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, and remember, right. this was at her house, which means I knew where yeah. this woman lived. So, yeah. I trust me, it was it was rough for for months afterwards. I remember being in Silver Spring, and this is terrible to say, but every time I would see an African lady that looked like her, I was like, "Is that? Is this? Hold up!" <laughs> you know. And then I'm like, "Okay, chill out. Like it's water under the bridge." I thank God that I walked in when I did. Right. Yes. Because who knows what else yes. happened. So I thank God for that. And I just moved on. But, um, and I mean, the experiences still happen, but they weren't as bad. So, um, but there, I mean, there were some challenges. Regardless of which one you're talking about, it requires a level of patience and gifting yes. that you have to have. And that's with the educators. That's with the dentists. You have to be patient with these kids. Um, they're all different, but patience is key. Yeah, you have it's, to have it. You have to be patient. Um, I want to ask you something, too. I want to ask you about the education system, because I know just from um, years of, you know, knowing T and, you know, Santi. So I understand the struggle with education, with them going to school. So what has been your struggle um, with educating him? Um, honestly, I've been very fortunate. He's okay. gone to, so he's had some amazing teachers um, that were very invested. You know, some people do the job just to have a job and then they're right. going where that's their calling. And mm-hmm. I feel like all of his teachers um, have been very invested in the kids um, I, I keep in touch with a couple of his teachers even still. Um, so I, I think there have been struggles as far as transitioning schools um, and moving around. And definitely when COVID hit, that was a struggle and him being in uh, school and trying mm-hmm. to know he's very used to a routine and that whole routine being disrupted. That was a yep. struggle. Um I mean, academically, he has his struggles, but I think mm-hmm. probably the COVID pandemic was probably the biggest struggle because he, I could, I'm like, how do I explain this to him in a way to get him to understand what's happening and why? Because mm-hmm. we're not just at home chilling. And I, and for me being in the medical field, my mission never stopped. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. we were at home together. Yes. I got, I had to keep going to work. So he's like, well, you still doing what you're doing. But now you got a mask on. So what's why, why am I not? So I think that was a little bit confusing for him. And I was very thankful when the kids went back to school. Um that would probably be to me one of the biggest struggles. 
Yes, and people don't understand with with kids with autism, they function and thrive so much better off of routine. Yes. Big time. Routine is very important. And even as far as the simple changes where the teacher may be out one day, you don't understand that I'm going to need you to tell that kid beforehand, especially if it's planned. If, it's, if you're going to be out Friday, I'm going to need you to start pepping them on Tuesday. Like, hey, ain't going to be here. This person, Mr. So-and-so, is going to be here. Mm-hmm. So remember, I ain't going to be here because that surprise, baby. <laughs> That they don't like surprises. They don't like usually don't like you new people either. They gonna be looking like who you know, who are you? And like that's very very important when when you're dealing with them. That is is very important to them and their development. Um, to just keep stuff on the straight and narrow with them, and just and speak to them because they're not retarded and i will repeat that again autistic children are not retarded you talk to them like a regular child and let them know and understand it's about communication and if that child is nonverbal, you'll figure out the communication in between your child as a mother you know this like you said that when he was talking about his cup you as a mother knew that because that's y'all's communication where right. somebody else does it. so and i definitely know that is you being that kid's person because i know i'm gonna say this and you gonna understand do you ever feel like you can't die yes oh my god <laughs> yes <laughs> That is my absolute biggest fear. When people are like, oh, my biggest fear, I'm like dying. They're like, oh. I'm not scared. I know where I'm going. Yeah. I am, I am terrified of leaving my, even like just leaving my child to be taken care of. And I yeah. know my mother, if anybody loved my child outside of me, my mother does, but she's not always going to be here either. So the idea of him transitioning into adulthood right now and me not as a black man on top of that and and him not me not being around as mama bear and protector that terrifies me that absolutely terrifies me yeah so so i'm gonna we're gonna i'm gonna rewind this for a minute and let's let's go to youtube um Thinking about our conversation this morning with uh, Marcus and about how he was treated once people found out about the diagnosis, their diagnosis. Can y'all tell me how did you how did you feel when you found out that your child had autism and um, how were you prior to that? So, so my situation was a little bit different than most i think um i had i had rowan i was um stationed in germany and i had to leave a rowan turn one so i left him with my mother um my mother happened to be in the military at the time as well and so she left fort benning in columbus georgia and she moved to fort hood texas and she took my son with her and um his paternal side of the family was in san antonio so he spent some time with them and i was overseas in germany I didn't see my son for nine months. So of course, and I'm a new mother. So of course I'm like, 
you know, and this is before FaceTime. This is early 2000s, you know, so I have a webcam with no sound on it where I can see him and stuff. And then we yes. call in cards and whatever. But I would be asking his paternal grandmother when she, he was staying with her, like, and even my mom, like, is he making these milestones? Is he doing this? You know, send pictures. And they were really good about keeping me abreast of what was going on. But um, what happened is when I finally went back to get him, he was about 18, no, 19, 20 months, I think. And I was terrified. I'm like, he's not going to want to, he's going to be scared of me. Or he's going to be like, who is she? He hadn't seen me in nine months. And he saw me and it was like this look of familiarity and I left and he wasn't walking and he was this chubby baby. And now he's like this little kind of still a little bit chubby, but teen uh, toddler and he's running and stuff, you know, and I'm just like, Oh, so as just a new mom, you know, I'm like, Oh Lord, this be a lot. I'm taking him over to Germany, take him over to Germany. And he's just quiet. And I'm like, okay, he's getting used to me. He's just trying to get used to new environment new time zone. Yes. Mama's back, you know, a lot of change. And so the lady at the daycare is the one that actually told me like, yeah, I think something might be going on. I'm like, no, nah, girl, you know, he just got to get used to y'all and whatever. And she's mm -hmm. like, well, I've been working with kids for a while. And I think she never said autism. She said, just get them tested. And so again, I'm not, I'm thinking it's just, I'm trying to warm up to you. And so uh, they came and they came to the house. They sent these specialists to, they, to my house and they're testing them. And I'll never forget this lady. She's like, okay, Rowan, can you draw this circle? And I'm like, oh, he, can, he got it. The baby, got circle for the lady, baby, you know, and he's, and he's like sitting there with the pen and he's like doing, not using it functionally, right? And he's just like, and I'm like, come on, draw the circle, you know? And she's like, Miss. Miss Reese, like we got it, you know. And then she takes some blocks. Can you stack these blocks up like this, Rowan? And Rowan's like taking it and like fingering it and like, you know, manipulating. And I'm just like, oh my God. And so <laughs> they end up giving him these tests and they diagnosed them. So in one sense, I was relieved because I'm like, okay, at least now I know what's going on. But in the, se the second sense, I'm like, how did I not, how did I miss this? But I knew absolutely nothing about autism when Rome was, I knew nothing. I'd heard of autism. Um, and I didn't even know the Rain Man Association that people sometimes make, you know, I knew absolutely zero. So now I'm on Yahoo, you know, looking up stuff and I'm just like, oh my God, is something I ate? Is it, I had a really terrible pregnancy. I'm like, look, something they gave me while I was pregnant. And then I finally got to a point where I'm like, why am I worried about the cause or why or whatever? Let me mm -hmm. just focus on him and nurturing him and fostering an environment in him where he can thrive as much as possible. And fortunately, he's been able to. But yeah, that was that was my experience as far as him being diagnosed. It wasn't um, I had it was kind of a transition for both of us because I hadn't seen him in almost a year. So what about you, Tina? So for me. Um, I think Santi's diagnosis was delayed because of his health issues. Um, Santi got about a year old and it was like he would have these stroke infections week after week after week. Um, come out there was saying his tonsils was the size of an adult. So we're going back to that. Then being in daycare, he got hands, foot, and mouth disease. <sighs> that when he came home from me working with children for so long and I took his socks off and he had these spots on the bottom of his feet and I'm looking and I'm like, I know you lying. 
I know this better not be what I think this is. I know you better not have hands, foot, and mouth. So through in the night, I'm watching him. When we woke up that morning, when I tell you my baby was covered from head to toe, he was literally covered from head to toe. There was not a, a, a free spot anywhere. And I'm like, what in the hell is this? Call this doctor, get him right in. And he said he has hand, foot, and mouth. And come to find out, he's highly allergic to it. Oh. Like, so that's why he was covered. So he's like, look, I need you to rush him to the emergency room. We need to get some tests. He said, because a lot of his symptoms are equaling up to Kawasaki disease. So we need to get him tested. We stayed in the hospital for three days getting him tested. And it was bizarre. And I'm like, seeing my baby like that, and they're sticking him, and he's just boohooing, and he's crying. So they're like, well, this has shot his, his immune system right now, shot. So we're going to send you over to the specialist to try and get this up. We go to the hematologist, and they check him, and he, they're like, he don't have no blood in his body. What the hell you mean he ain't got no blood in his body? It was like, he ain't got no blood in his body. Like, we're sending you over to the hospital, which was attached to the building, like stat. We looking at blood transfusions, like, and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, we're in the doctor's office every freaking week. What do you mean he don't have no blood in his body? And I'm looking at my baby that's been having this peaked, sick looking look for the last couple of weeks. And it got bad enough to where we got him stabilized and got him situated. And they were like, well, he's going to need care. Like you, you're going to have to quit your job for at least like six months to see if you can do FMLA because he's going to have to be home. His immune system is shot. If he gets anything, he's going to be up out of here. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> what happened? So we went through all these stages of sickness till it started kind of balancing out till around he got five. So we're starting school. And he's having these meltdowns. And I'm like, okay, y'all are new. He been home with me. So seven, you know, the doctor's like separation anxiety. Remember the stages. He's been sick. He's been, he's had mono. You had to take six months off for him with mono and keep a two-year-old still for all this long length of time till he got okay. And now he's going out into with really people and you're leaving him. It's separation anxiety. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah, we going through the system. ABCs. I'm like, you know your ABCs. We went through this. We've been doing this since like you was in daycare. We singing. We got the alphabets on the refrigerator. But it was like he wasn't retaining it. And I'm like, I know. They got kids Alzheimer's or something. Like, what's going on? Like, he's not free. Like, he literally wasn't retaining. He got it today. And tomorrow, we have to have a whole repeat section session just for him you know, to remember. And I'm like, what is going on? So when the behaviorals kind of kicked in a little bit, I'm like, look, dude, something is wrong. Like telling his doctor, he's like, just think of his history. He's had a lot of health issues. He's behind because of that. Just hold on. So as we talk about kids being bullied, my child was that kid that was being bullied and he was getting bullied dang near by everybody. It was just like, you turn around, it was like, <laughs> we finna get it. Santi had got to a point to where this girl was trying to take his lunch. So he wouldn't give it to her. So she clawed him across his back. 
he had deep scratches in his back. Another girl punched him in the mouth, chipped his tooth. An episode seemed like the trigger that just was like the downfall was there at a fire drill. I don't know where in the hell the teachers were. These bullies that had been bullying him had tied strings around his neck and said that they was going to kill the monster. Wow. Who never notified me? We're on our way to Dallas when he's telling me this story and I almost wrecked my car. I called this teacher so fast and I was going left. I'm like, I'm up there too much for any of this to happen. How do you not know this happened? So it's like after that, the the school anxiety part kicked in. He didn't want to go to school. Trying to get him dressed out the car was like I remember that pulling teeth were pulling teeth like with tweezers. He wasn't trying to get out this car. And I'm like, what the hell? And then you know, at that point, you're feeling like a bad parent. You like you pulling him out and people looking. And I'm like, so then they're calling, hey, you know, maybe something might be a little wrong. And I'm like, hey, I'm talking to his doctor. Maybe y'all can tell me. One particular day, I picked Santi up, and apparently he had got beat up by a fifth grader. So I pick him up. He had long hair, so his hair was twisted. It was twisted. When I went to pick him up, all his hair was untwisted, and his shirt and stuff was all crooked. So y'all didn't see nothing wrong? Like, look at him. He looked like he'd been in a fight, but he didn't been here. It's two o'clock and I'm picking him up to take him to the doctor. Y'all didn't notice this? Maybe we're walking around here like this all day. So we get him to the doctor and his doctor is seeing this trauma on this kid now. And he's like, I've never seen my buddy like this before. He's not cheery. None of this. He's like, I'm seeing too many signs right now. Let's get him tested. And sure enough, we get him tested and he has autism spectrum disorder. Now, the diagnosis for me was a woosah because I was like, yes, it makes sense. Everything over the last six years now makes sense. So for me, it was like a blessing. It was like a sign of relief because now everything had an answer. To where I had all these questions, now I finally had an answer. Yeah. Okay. Because it got me thinking while y'all was talking. Like, you, you guys are two different people from two different sides of the world, but y'all having a similar issue. Well, not similar, similar responses, similar situations occurring. And it made me think one, is this. Common across the spectrum in the black community. What do you think? I I would say yes. Um, I have two close friends that have sons on the spectrum, and they've had they're younger than Rowan, and they've had similar situations. And I also um, I have a passion for reaching out, especially to um, mothers that have younger children. Um, the toddlers, because to me, again, that was like probably the most difficult time. And there we have shared experiences. So I, I stand on the fact that all the kids are different. Like, that's why it's called a spectrum. But a lot yes. of the experiences with outside resources are similar. Um, 
just because of the amount of patience and especially like she talked about the 3Ds, the invasiveness and, you know, sensory issues, um, mainly the sensory issues. So I think that, I mean, honestly, across any communication uh, community, the there is a, a mutual struggle <laughs> that the parents go through. Even parents at his school mm-hmm. that um, we've just ran into each other, I would see this one person and if I was going up there for anything just to do a drop-in check because what I did on the food, I volunteered. Mm-hmm. So when I volunteer, I'm up there, I'm, I'm helping out at the school, but guess what? I'm looking around. So I would see her almost every day. She's coming to pick up one of her children. She had four boys and two of the three boys, well, three of the boys had autism. One of them had like ADHD only, but they was constantly calling her to pick these kids up. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? And we just started this conversation where we ended up talking for like four hours standing outside. And she was telling me her struggle where the the, the school wasn't trying to give her an IEP. Um, she couldn't get no assistance. Her trying to get an advocate, they wanted to charge charge her $300 for one child. Can y'all tell us, like, these acronyms you guys are using? Because for the people who are watching, they don't know, you know a lot about it. Like, what is an advocate and what is this IEP uh, for the school system that y'all... Hell, not the people that are watching. Shit, me too. <laughs> Definitely. So an IEP is a individualized education plan. And that is a plan that's put together that is specifically for this child on how we're going to get this child to further develop and reach their educational goals. Mm -hmm. And they are individualized because each child is different. Um, No child is the same. So whereas like when we were talking before, Santi freaks out, was freaking out with reading. That is his weakest subject. So when he would see this passage that's like three paragraphs, he would just go into just meltdown mode. It was just like, it just shut him down. So we we came up with a way to where we broke down the paragraphs. Just that simple thing with spacing out the paragraphs, given that, that space and he not seeing it all jumbled up like that, helped him tremendously. Something that small helped him tremendously. So like I said, each kid is different. You know, Santi is in general population, which means he does go to class before COVID. He would go to class with all the regular kids, but he would have a teacher for assistance if he didn't understand or if he needed the instructions repeated. And believe me, you had to have this in an IEP mm-hmm. that the teacher can repeat the instructions to this child. So it's you have to be very specific um, when you do this IEP, but it is geared towards this child and this child progressing forward. Um, okay. An advocate. Um, Asante has an advocate that is super amazing. Um, his advocate also has two children with autism, one verbal and one nonverbal, meaning one can speak and the other cannot. Um, his advocate goes into the IEP meetings 
with me to go over what we're going to add or take away from the IEP, what needs to be added, if there's any testing that needs to be done for dyslexia, um, IQ, everything that across the board that we need to know, because the school system does love a parent that has no knowledge, because they can make their own rules. They, they pre-plan before the meeting on how it's going to go. And if you don't know, you you basically signing you and your kid's life away. So that advocate is there to say, oh, no, 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 no. This disability law right here says this is a no-no. Like, mm -hmm. this, ain't, this ain't what it's going to be. So you need to take that off. Like I mentioned, when they would call me every day to come pick him up, he nipped that in the bud. He told them, unless you put her on payroll, she is not part of his behavior plan. When he's mm. here with you, he's yours. So either put her on payroll or take this off. But they that's, that's how they got to buy like the first year and a half before I got the advocate. So the advocate is this, this other person that basically makes sure that they're following the rules for a child with a disability. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. And Nicole, so, did your child? Oh, I'm sorry. Did your uh, son have an advocate? Uh, yeah. And um, well, it's not a specific advocate. So the school has someone um assigned. So all the special need kids pretty much have the same person that advocates on the kids' behalf. The difference between Roland and Santi is so Roland's in a general. Um, I hate saying general population. It makes me feel like is prison, but it does <laughs> mainstream <laughs> class, right? So with typical typical kids and then Rowan's in a self-contained class. So Rowan's okay. class has children with um, Asperger's, autism, um, other developmental delays. So, and it's a smaller classroom. So I think okay. there's only um, two girls and maybe three or four little boys and not little boys, but <laughs> little young men in the classroom. So but same thing, IEP. So, um, Roland's IEP is broken down into like the subjects, excuse me, math, reading, science, whatever. And what they'll, we'll do is we'll come up with goals for every year. So it could be something, I mean, an early IEP when he was younger would be Roland will be able to, for that quarter, Roland will be, or school year, Roland will be able to identify 60 sight words, right? So sight words yeah. are, he can look at car and know that it's car he can look at boat and know that it's boat he can and what i appreciate about the schools where has been in is that they're teaching him academics but they're more focused on which i think all schools should be on life skill and for him yes to for success once he graduates yes so they're teaching him math but it's all it relates to money you know um they're teaching him like it's not home economics, which I don't think they do in high school anymore. But they're teaching him no, they don't. how to do how to do laundry, um, ironing, household things. Uh, that some of the parents and I, I allow him to do that stuff here. But you know that some of the parents neglect to teach their kids at home because they they're autistic, so they can't. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so, I do it with yeah. Santi even now. Yeah, and that's important. I think. Um, yes. That's that's been something I stand on. Like autism will never be a crutch for him. Um, yes. It makes things different. We have to approach things differently, but mm. you can still get to the destination. It might just take you longer, or we might have to go an alternate route. Um, but I'm, I that's not a crutch. It's just it it can't be. So. Okay. Uh, real quick, I want to introduce everybody to our to our other co-hosts. 
Mr. Anthony Antonio Dunaway. He uh he works with special needs kids as well, so he has a lot a different insight too. So go ahead and tell him a little bit about what you do, homie. Yeah, like DW said, I'm Anthony. Um I am I've been working with children with special needs for since 2000, it's now 2021. So I have a, I've had the experience of, you know, working with, you know, alongside children and working with staff, you know, to support these needs as far as their uh, IEP, their individual education plans. Um, I first started working with LA County Office of Education and as me fresh out of high school, this is before the No Child Left Behind um, bill. Um, I was thrown to the wolves and my first assignment was like, I was placed in a classroom autism. Um, there were eight males and two females in, in the classroom and um, it, it was different. Um, the kid I was assigned to, he was um, he was actually a torn unified kid, but since they didn't have a uh, autism program, they placed him in our program. So, you know, I would work with him and Zach was my buddy. Like I learned, I learned a lot about life while I was there. Um, and you know the the term that used to be used was Asperger's. At, that's what he was diagnosed. That was his diagnosis, and he loved dinosaurs. And because he loved dinosaurs, I learned to love dinosaurs. And I would have to go home and research because the stuff that he was talking about was so over my head with the dinosaurs. And I was just like, "Yo, like, I'm I'm competitive. I have a competitive nature. I'm like, yo, I can't have nobody outdoing me." So I would go home and read up on this stuff. And I would tell him like, yo, Zach, I found this and I found that. And he's like, oh, and he would blow me off. Like, yeah, no, that's nothing. I learned about that years ago. And I, and I was just looking, okay, Zach. But um, speaking to your point, like I going, I was just dropped in the, the lion's den into the fire. Um, speaking of routine, I had a, a child in our class, Matthew, Matthew Brown. Matthew, every morning had to have a pink donut the Homer Simpson donut, pretty much. That's what it looked like. Oh. And one day, the um, the the lady at the donut store didn't put one to the side for him, and he tore the donut shop up. He got to school. Mom had to drag him into the school and, and tore it up. He tore up the classroom, and, and I'm kind of like, "Yo, what's going on?" And then, like, he just looked at me, and he he said, "You know, Mr. Dunaway." Um, I need my donut, I need my donut, and he's crying. I don't know what it was about me. He just reached out to me and gave me this huge hug. And, you know, and I'm kind of like, I'm not used to affection. So I'm 18 years old. I don't know how to do it. So I'm just like, hug him back. And he's picking me up. And that's, you know, my story with Austin. That's how I learned to love. I, I was able to love being in that setting because all of the males, it's something about a, a a a good male in a classroom full of boys, autistic boys, that they flock to. Mm -hmm. And with me, it was like my teacher was a female. She can say she have to repeat something three, four times, and I'm like, hey. And they all get up and they go to it. Time to go to recess. They get up, uh, um, PE. They get up and go to it. And um, I was removed from that for about six or seven years. And I was working with uh, children. I went to children ID, ID program. Those are um, kids that have a very severe time learning. 
Um, and then after that, I went ED, where there are kids, for lack of better terms, you guys would, um, you would probably say, oh, they're just bad. But they have their traumas and they don't know how to deal with it. And that's what I was dealing with. But when I received my job with uh, Green Dot Public Schools, that's when I went back to the art program. And it was like I never left. It's just, you know, that that feeling and the just uh, it was like the little, the, the little guys in my classroom, like my brothers. So they just I'll take them out to PE. We do our PE stuff, do the work and do everything that we, we have to do. And um, and we, we have fun. And that's what I'm currently doing now. Well, prior to distance learning, that's what I was in the, the art program working in classrooms. But now I'm with uh, behavior management with uh, children that need a little little extra hand on the shoulder, so to speak. Okay, okay, all right. Um, honey, you had another question? Yeah, let me ask some as, you know, just going off the um, the kid who, you know, needed his pink donut, because I know you guys talked about routine, and, they, you know, that's really important with them, with the kids that have, um, to fall on the spectrum. I want to talk about, like, um, sensory issues with, like, either food or noise. So um, I'll let you uh, go first, Nicole. Can you tell us about like any type of issues you had uh, or that your son challenged with like noise or just any type of sensory issue? It doesn't have to be specific to noise. Um, he definitely has sensory issues with clothing. So unless mm -hmm. he's picked out, um, it's going to be t-shirts and jeans. He calls them blue pants. So mm -hmm. every morning he wakes up the first, I go in and we wake up very early in my house. So it's about 445 and I'm like, oh my I goodness. There, I come in there and I sing to him and annoy him. I love that about having a teenager, right? So I'm like, good morning. And kissing on him and making him angry. And, and then the first thing he says, not good morning, mom. It's like blue pants. I need blue pants. I'm like, we got your blue pants. We got a whole stash of them, okay? So you will get your blue pants. They cannot be thick, like the thick, good quality denim jeans that you're going to pay for. No. My mother gets him those. He's not fooling with them. So them 60 whatever dollar jeans, it's like, mm. he wants that little thin, not real denim, but denim. Yeah. So he likes that. Um, there are certain things I, can, I can't get him to eat mashed potatoes. Um, he just started eating rice like a couple of years ago. The first time we tried to get mm. rice, he ate it one grain at a time. He was not interested. <laughs> Literally one grain at a time. Um, he's very routine about what he eats. So it's like, I need orange juice with my breakfast. Yeah. Orange juice, then what? there's no breakfast. Like what um, is okay. it? The orange the juice. Donut, right? It's like it's like puzzle. I think I really feel like that's why. And I I'm probably I probably have this all wrong, but I always thought like related. The puzzle piece because literally his day is like pieces of a puzzle his routine and so it's like before i can, and it's not like you know how they say you got to put the outside of the puzzle or it helps to put the outside together before mm -hmm. you put the middle in. so it's like okay in order for me to connect this piece and this second this third piece the second piece got to be there and if it's not there yes. the third piece ain't happening so um i feel like he's had sensory issues with food um he does not he went to prom today Okay. And look okay. good in his tattoo suit, baby. <laughs> he was a prom. Thank you. And he, um, it, it got, they had like a sensory friendly hour for the special needs kids. And then the mainstream kids came in after the fact. And okay. Bounced. Thank you. But um, 
they had it, you know, the music down. They didn't have all the flashing lights going. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the music was up just enough where you can, you know, it was a vibe, but it wasn't too much. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't, he's very loud, but he doesn't like loud things. Um, <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> there you go. Very loud. He, I'm like yes. Rowan. And he'll be like, be quiet. I said, if I gotta tell you, then why are you why are you so loud? So um, but yeah, those are those are the main things I could think of off the top is certain okay. foods he's just not rocking with. And then the the jeans. Um, he's not, he's not. If I want him to wear sweatpants, he acts like he actually <laughs> there was a couple about a couple months ago. My mom lives in Columbia, it's about an hour and a half away. So we got in the car and I had done all this laundry right leading up to going. And so I put all this stuff in the in the suitcase and he was going. I think my mom was keeping him for, I don't know, spring break or maybe we were just going for the weekend. I don't remember. But um, we stopped at Chipotle and I'm like, I'm going to get some food so that we can eat it on the road. And I left him in the car and I ran into Chipotle to pick up the food I ordered. And I come back and there's this uh, like younger white lady she looked like she was like in her 20s and she's like looking at the car like oh my god and i'm like oh lord what this child that did right and she looked at me crazy well i get to the car and rowan's pulling his pants up so i'm freaking out like you know he's set he's 16 now so i'm like oh lord please don't tell me he did something like obscene or because we, we ain't been down that road yet you know but i, I didn't realize i had made him wear sweatpants in the car because we're just riding in the car we're not going nowhere so it should be okay right no this joker had while the the five minutes i was in chipotle reached over the back of my suv pulled some jeans out taking off the sweatpants and he was pulling the jeans up and that's what she saw so mm. he had pants around his ankles and it took me a minute to register like wait a minute that's not what you had on when you left the house so mm -hmm. it was that to him to put these jeans mm -hmm. on. Like, oh oh he was oh. not going to be able to to ride that hour and a half without the jeans on. So I've learned- So Ron gave that little girl a, a, a peep show, huh? Listen, I, I'm <laughs> glad she just kept it moving because that could have been a whole situation that, oh my God. Right. Yeah. Ron, hey, Ron might have changed her thought on, on dating black men. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not with you. Oh, what? Lord have mercy, I can't. He don't have any home training. Well, I'm sorry. Who got, who, we need uh, some holy water right now. But to answer your question as well, honey. Yeah. Um, you know your nephew. Well, I know my nephew. I know his issues, but everybody else don't. Yeah. So with Asante, tags is a no. Everything is basically tagless. And I'm glad that they did start selling the clothes with no tags. Um, as far as sound, it depends. Sometimes he is hypersensitive to sound. Um before COVID, going to the movies, it was like it, it was like you was playing Russian roulette. Because if we walked in and it was too loud, we'd have to go on back out because it was too much. He couldn't take it. And sometimes that was even with headphones. Like when we go out, I keep a pair of headphones, uh, noise reduction headphones in my car for him. He also has a backpack that there's another set. There's also some at school because sometime now, since he's so into reading now and he's trying to get it in focus, he gets upset when the other kids get too loud. So he will go get his headphones to go tune them out because they too loud. Um, food, man. That's a whole nother struggle when you got to cook two different meals because your kid 
don't eat what you like or you don't want what they want repetitiously because he'll <laughs> eat chicken. They know. Santi, he ought to be a bird because he eat chicken eat chicken seven days a week if I let him. Chicken and pork chops. And pork chops, yeah. Man. Well, can I ask you something? Sure. Have you ever tried to force something like so I know when I came, I was coming up, right? I'm on, I'll be. Ooh, you can go down. Yeah. When I yeah. came up, it was like, that's dinner, right? That's, that's what it. You got. And if you don't eat it, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be um, hungry. Ain't nothing ever, else. Yep. That's all you got. There ain't no options. What's the option? So was there ever a point in time where you tried that with him just to see, like, I know if you try this, you're going to like it because, like, it's. I don't know, cabbage, right? Like something, I don't know, mac and cheese. Right? Yes. Like, how do you not like mac? Just try it and you'll like it, right? Yes. Was there ever a point in time where you did that? I would put everything on his plate, especially in the beginning, because I was like, okay, what we doing? Like, baby, when he was a baby, he would eat raw, like one or two, not infant, so somebody have a fit. He would eat carrots. He would eat them raw. He would eat broccoli raw. He loved it. And as that progression happened with the autism, you can't get him to eat a carrot. You can't get him to eat broccoli. Like I make spinach artichoke dip in a in a double double quantity during the week because he will eat that for breakfast, lunch, dinner. He don't care. Along with his pork chop, if he got chicken, he will take that for breakfast to school to eat because he does not eat school lunch. He don't eat nothing from even breakfast. He don't eat nothing from the school. So we pack lunch every day. So trying to find what it is, because today chicken and pork chops don't change. But he may like the chocolate chip pancakes is what the little things he's into right now. Okay. And I didn't went about like four boxes of chocolate chip pancakes. Like, yes, he likes something else. And then he don't like it no more. And then I got chocolate chip pancakes in my refrigerator that's like there for a month. And I'm having to get them to one of the kids. Now I see my my son is in the comments and he said, Well, Santi likes steak now. So he would not eat steak. We would try to give it to him, roast or something, because we want some roast. Steak. He wouldn't eat it. So that's another meal where I have to bring, make something else. So recently, I bought my daughter and my son-in-law cast iron skillet. So now he cooking his steak. Steak mm -hmm. is out of sight. Easter, we get Santi something else as usual, chicken, something to cook. And we have steak. Here comes Santi. Mom, can I, can, I, can I try that? Oh, wow. Uh, you don't like steak, though. Why he eat all my, my whole steak? And he looking like, oh, uh, so who else? Well, well my steak, because now I want steak. And I'm like, that's funny. Dude, we've been trying to get you to eat steak for how long? And now you like steak? Well, mommy, it was good. So you trying to say your mama can't cook? What, what, what oh, yeah. Because I made Pretty it. Much. Boy, don't play with me. But I'm like, really? But I will say my, my, my son-in-law can cook a mean steak. We've been eating steak for about three, four weeks since he got that cast on skillet. So it's good. But when you talked about the macaroni and cheese, he will not eat box macaroni and cheese. He told mommy, can you make the macaroni and cheese that goes in the oven? Yeah, you can. <laughs> it, 
if it ain't from the oven, he ain't he ain't gonna touch it. It's okay. So this this gonna might be a two part question because I'm hearing everything you guys are saying, right? But both your kids like to eat. When it comes to resources, I know you in the military. Um, Military, you get paid on first and fifteenth. However, for individuals who don't have those type of that type of income, that, that type of resources, does that play a, a part in dealing with kids with autism? Like, say, okay, my example is say something like this morning talking to Marcus. He grew up in extreme poverty, and mm-hmm. you know you have to feed your mind with nutrition and everything. How does that play a part in dealing with autism and not only for you, but for the kid? Um, I Autism has kept me, specifically Rowan being diagnosed, has kept me in the military. My plan was always to stay in the military for five years and get out. Um, and then someone told, and then I knew, you know, I'm an army brat, so I knew how much we move around and I know how important stability is and I found out about medical care right so they say you know you retire with 21 or 20 years your dependent gets TRICARE for life so that's what kept me so just the medical aspect of the things that he'll need um that's kept me in yes but as far yes. as um as far as like the food I know that I mean, I can look behind me and probably show you about four or five books that I bought years ago when I first was trying to absorb as much as I could. And it was talking about diet and all this stuff. But And I'm like, it sounds great on paper until you try and give it mm. to them. They're not interested in, in eating it, right? So mm. I can sit here and try um, the gluten-free and all that stuff. I remember I spent, I, and I was just a junior enlisted, so we don't make that much money, right? And... I'm all this gluten-free stuff around. I'm like, he loved pancakes. So I was like, I'm gonna get the gluten-free pancakes. And then I tried it and was like, if I And I'm like, wait a minute. And it finally got to the point where it's like, instead of me sitting here with absorbing all these books and absorbing all this information, how about you just look at your child? Develop like we had a relationship, but continue building that personal relationship with your kid, and you know it'll be. You'll you'll figure it out. But going back to your question, um, the as far as the diet and stuff, I don't necessarily. I just look. It's like putting money in a vending machine. Like, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you exactly what you exact change <laughs> and hit that button because this Joker is not eating nothing other than what he has resolved to eat. And he will literally go on eat. I I remember like no, remember autism isn't a crutch. I took it too far. You're going to eat this because I know you can. You do no limits. You can do it. And I would sit there and leave it out. And my, my mom will tell you, I would even take it out the next day. Like, it's going to stay here until it starts growing hair on it. Like, you're going to eat this. And he would be like, stomach growling, looking frail. And he wasn't rocking with it. He wasn't doing it. And I finally had to resolve, like, this is bigger than my child being stubborn like yes. his mama. Yeah. He just there are certain things he's not gonna eat. Is he's just yes. not gonna do it. So done deal. And that was my mom. My mom was like, No, he needs to eat what's on his plate. And then dude, it don't work that way. It it, mm-hmm. it don't. And I went to an autism class on picky eaters, because that's what they like to call them. 
being in this class and I'm looking and they were going through asking all the parents, what does your child eat? This little girl only ate two things, avocados and it was a specific soup. It wasn't the name brand, a specific brand. She wouldn't eat it. They was like, that's all she eat. They tried chicken nuggets. They tried eggs. She wouldn't eat it. And my daughter was like, dang, mom, like Santi eat more stuff than all these kids in here. I said, but yeah, think about that. Because you'd be like, if it was you, you would have to sit there and eat it. I said, but look at all these kids. He does eat more than a lot of these other kids do. So with that, you just have to focus on what they eat. Because you, the thought of my kid not eating all day doesn't sit right with me. Right. So if he got to have chips today so he can have something on his stomach, he going to eat we we got we got a box a whole box of his favorite Lay's chips in there from Sam's to make sure he has something like he'll eat his pancakes and he takes his juices and stuff for breakfast in the morning or I messed up and got him hooked on bacon egg and cheese tacos he's like ma can we get tacos this morning I need two of them and he'll eat that and when he gets home he'll have a snack because he won't eat nothing else he's usually for he know he's good so. It's just some of those things that are adjustments that we deal with um, that you have to work out or whatever with being that parent. I remember they told us in one of the classes, okay, well, try to feed your child some eggs or something they like and parade some carrots and mix it up in there and see if they'll eat it. And I was like, hell, I wouldn't eat that. (laughs) Yeah. They, they want you to try to trick your child into eating certain stuff. So they was like, well, try a strawberry smoothie and maybe blend some spinach in there. Well, he don't like the consistency of the smoothie, so he ain't going exactly. to drink that with the spinach. It's, a, it's all in here. It's consistency. The stuff that changes that doesn't stay the same, that they don't like. I know people who don't like that. Man, I ain't, like I told honey, look, I know we trying to get on this healthy thing together, but baby, I ain't ready to drink my fruits and my vegetables yet. I, I ain't, I'm going to need to, I'm trying to wait on that further down the line. I ain't ready to eat that. So how am I going to expect him to eat it? Hell, if I'm not going to eat it, I want that. Yeah. What's the Let me jump in real quick. Thank Go ahead. You. Oh, I'm sorry. Go I ahead. I have success with the puree only vegetables. That's the only thing I've been able to like take in a food processor and put like a dump a whole bag of mixed vegetables in spaghetti because Rowan will eat spaghetti every day if I let him. So I used to um, spaghetti in spaghetti sauce, but it was the same consistency. So he didn't know. So I exactly. (laughs) Yes. Now that is one of my tricks too. Um, I will use ground turkey and I will use the vegetable noodles. Mm-hmm. Or uh, right. when I was doing keto, I was using the um, like a soy noodle, and I was actually surprised that he liked it. And I was like, "You yeah, like that?" He's like, "Yeah, mama, it's good." And I was like, "Boy, this is soy noodles. This is good." And he would eat them. Just like now, his recent thing is cauliflower pizza. When I thought I was eating it for myself. Oh, hold on. Okay, stop, stop, stop. You you scarring this boy. You scarring the boy. Stop no. giving him that. He's not starving. Trust and believe. He's not starving. He ain't starving. Have you seen Asante? Asante is not starving. Anybody eating? Well, you have scarred him then. Baby, my baby, eat. Asante is 115 pounds. You you got to understand, though. You got to understand. You have exposed him to excess trauma. 
there's a no. disad- we're at a disadvantage in some ways because when your kids and this is really anybody not just parents or kids with autism but when you have the picky eaters you have to find ways to supplement the stuff mm-hmm. that they're not getting yes. because they're they're limited in what they're eating so um yeah i i don't know but now, I, now this is the thing i bought it for me healthy eating for me not for him but he came up and he was looking and he's like is that pizza i said it's pizza but it's healthy i'm trying to get him to go on because you know when you you know how it is when you got kids when there's something you like you want to eat it in peace and hope they don't like it so mm-hmm. this was my plan i thought he wasn't gonna like it so he was like can i can i taste some and i'm like yeah and he was like oh mama that's good can, can i have them other pieces and ever since then the last month or so he eating ca- cauliflower pizza it got it's called ca- the, the crust is cauliflower but the rest of it has pepperoni and cheese and he killed it so now i have to make sure I, that's something else i have to have that he eats in the freezer for him because now because of him mm-hmm. I didn't I gotta, do it. Uh, he did it himself. For, I got a statement. For people um, like myself, I didn't know anything about autism before Asante. You know, he has, um, being around him has taught me everything that I know about autism uh, to this day. Um, but it's really good to see, like y'all use the word the spectrum, autism spectrum, how they're both on, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum, or at least they're different and the range of what autism can be. So like I said, I didn't know anything about it. So I want to ask you a question. What advice would you give for people like myself? Because I still don't know a whole lot. Like like I said, I'm I'm still learning. What advice would you give people who don't have a team of people around him, don't know anything about autism, don't have a support system? Like what advice would you give people, parents or anybody that's around children that has uh, autism? I would say to treat every child like that child. Santi is Santi at the end of the day. Rowan is Rowan at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. at um, the minute I stopped focusing on my autistic child, Rowan, and just started focusing on Rowan, I started learning things yes. about autism, but also about our dynamic and you know our relationship. And there were certain things that, because I was, again, focused on Rowan, um and what worked for him i was able to help other parents because i was like well i tried this with rowan it wasn't oh i tried this because my son's autistic it was i just tried this because i was desperate and i was hoping you know that it would work and it did so um yes i've seen on i've seen on a t-shirt it's like when you've met when you meet one what does it say when you've met one child with autism, you've met one child with autism, right? Yes. Um, you you know that child, um, but you can uh, encounter another one and they'll be completely polar opposites. Um, so I just think it's about focusing on <clears throat> as a person and really seeing them and yes. not seeing- The diagnosis. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, definitely. Um, and I and I agree with a lot of stuff that Nicole said because each child is different, um, and and it changes. It's just it, today it could be one thing, tomorrow it can be something else. So I don't get comfortable 
Like he's doing super awesome right now. I bask in that in those moments when the good days, when he accomplishes stuff, and but I don't get comfortable because tomorrow you be like, uh, what, what what the hell happened? Did, did we push a button while we were asleep? What happened? But you 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 just you really do roll with the punches. Like just just take it day by day. You constantly try to learn something new because things are ever changing, constantly changing. So you you really just go really have to go with the flow because in the end they're gonna dictate it. They they driving. We 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 the passengers because they driving. We just well, help them navigate. Hey, watch that rock right there. Hey, look at that tree. Like we're navigating from the passenger seat. What are the signs will that you can tell people to the um they should pick up on to say, well, wait a minute, if my child has or displaying these symptoms or those symptom symptoms, get them tested. Because I know me on the outside looking in, I'll see a child who's throwing a tantrum. I would just assume, oh, that child mm. is bad. He didn't eat his ass. Well. You know, mm. but you know, on outside looking in, that child may be, you know, having a, a, they may have autism, they may have another disability. We don't know. So, you know, what are the signs? Yeah, I know this is a broad spectrum, but what are some of the signs that you that you could tell anybody, parents or whatever, to say if your child is displaying X, Y, and Z, you may want to have them tested and not just beat their ass or assume some, you know, they just being bad. Um. For Rowan, it was a regression in his speech. So he was 12 months when I left. He was saying things um, like the one words, things that, you know, most babies say. And then he just got became like a mute, basically. It was moaning and making noises and sounds. Um, but he wasn't talking at all. So nine months after, mm. you know, he definitely should have been at least starting to formulate sentences and stuff. So that was a speech regression. And the other thing was, um, well, there were two other things. Um, eye contact. He was yes. absolutely avoiding eye contact. Yes. Um, he did not, it made him very uncomfortable. If someone tried to look him in the eyes, if someone closed in on his space, um, that made him very uncomfortable. And then he tended to gravitate towards adults and not kids his age because adults can kind of, follow cues to figure out what you what your needs are kids aren't studying your needs because they, mm -hmm. they care about their needs so he, right. during at daycare he wasn't playing with the other kids he was just kind of gravitating towards the adults and he wasn't um functionally playing with toys so if he had a uh look there's stuff all mm -hmm. over the house so he's got this little i guess this is the riddler right um, most of them mm. play with it and be like, you know, making them walk. He would be like, it'd be upside down, and he's like rubbing on this part because it feels nice, you know. He yes. wasn't using the toys functionally, so those were the signs, at least for me. Yes. Um, for Asante, it was the eye, the eye, um, giving eye contact, and you know, black people, they'll say, "Oh, well, you you need to teach that, teach him how to be a man." Because, you know, it's disrespectful not to give eye contact. And, like, first of all, he's a boy. And I wouldn't want to look at you. So what do you need to look at you for? Like, I'm looking at you, making sure you ain't suspicious and up to nothing. I'm observing. But I wouldn't want to look at you either. So 
definitely eye contact, um, delayed speech, um, the function as far as like the stuff like a regular age range child should be doing um, if they're not doing that, like she's like Nicole mentioned, um, being able to follow through and like stack toys or to mimic if they can't follow that um, delayed potty training. Man. Woo, Jesus. Yeah. After after that, I never, ever, 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 ever want to do potty training ever, ever, ever in life after that. Because How it old was, was he? Do you, do you mind? For him to be fully potty trained, he was about for getting ready to turn four because it was a worry about whether if he would have to, if he would be able to go to school. Same. So, and, and that was peeing. The poop part, we still had to work on that part. Like, it, it took longer to get this down. Like, we, I'm learning tricks of the trade. Like, hey, what can I do? Like, we got down to timing. Okay, he ate at 6.30. So by 7.05, she should be ready to go. We didn't have the, the, the step stool for them him to sit and make it easier. Like, we went through everything trying to get that. When he got it, he got it. Yeah. But it took longer for him to get. And I was just like, ooh, ooh, Lord, my parenting must be bad, Jesus. And remember, he this was before he was fully diagnosed yeah. So it was like, Lord, I must be slacking. I waited too long to have another kid because I forgot a body train. Like, it was just one of them things like, oh, Lord, okay. And pull-ups expensive. Shoot. Oh, you still wearing the pants, and, so. and small. I, but I, the pants. Yes. I thought that he was. My mom used to joke and say, yo, child. And remember, Ro is big for his age. And I was like, yes. listen, them pull-ups splitting at the seam, like, you got about a good Man. four more they hours. Them and that whole side and slit, and you can't, and ain't the ones you can attach back, baby. You like, yes, yes. yes. We didn't wasted three pull ups. What happened? Yeah, like, and you yeah. didn't max out to them. Yes, definitely. Yes, De definitely. If it's any parent out there with a child with autism that is with that issue, because they just to be clear, there are teenagers that still have issues with going to the restroom and you spending all this money out of pocket, your doctor can write a prescription for bedding supplies for you to get pull-ups, wipes, and the covers that go on the bed. FYI, because nobody ever told me that until I actually read it out of a, a autism group is how I found out. His doctor of years never told me and I'm like, you know how much I've been spending on pull-ups and right. you could have bring on prescription for the insurance paper? Like, I was a little heated. But I know a lot of parents have that. And that's one of those key missing great sources of information that many don't know. But they can write a prescription for the insurance to pay for it. So, yes. And what, what uh, you got another question? Who is that? So Hi, all of this information is great and everything talking to you guys. 
But what resources for the a layman like such as myself would you suggest somebody to one find out more about autism and two for a parent who is experiencing the beginning stages of their child being either diagnosed or showing symptoms of autism what what resources do you suggest them starting with get tested wait i want to say this to their physician you remember when you didn't know about an advocate? You know all the stuff that you gradually had to learn because there was no resource for you? Yes. You know, where can these parents find those resources more so I think what D is asking? Um, okay. Are, yes. Facebook groups are Definitely. amazing, especially if you can find Man. local ones. So, I mean, literally, if you go on Facebook and type in, you know, Augusta, Georgia, autism. There'll mm -hmm. be Facebook groups, right? So um, to me, the best resource is other parents. Yes. Um, because like I didn't know about the insurance thing and I'm I'm deep into deep in the trenches now, but that's something now I can take and share with someone else. Um yes. I also think that volunteering, if you're if you're not, you know, if you're not a parent, but volunteering um for organizations, they they have races for the kids. Um Tim Tebow, I think his name is, has a night to shine for kids, mm. um, not just autism, but just with dis disabilities. That's They have like a little prom night. Um, that's something mm. that you can volunteer with, especially there's so many opportunities in April because it's um, autism. Yeah. And I call it acceptance month. Um, yes. There's always some type of activities. I, I feel like with COVID, not, it's not as prevalent, but um mm. Those are even going to going to a school and, you know, getting cleared, getting your background cleared and all that and saying, I just want I really want to learn about this. So is it possible for me to help um, the paras or help the teachers, the paras or the para educators that assist the teachers? Um, but mm. help. so like like I think almost close to what Anthony was doing, stuff like that is also a way for you to learn. Um, yes. And I, and I, I always, always tell anybody to do your research. Google. Um, ask the doctor, because apparently a lot of them don't give information. So unless you directly ask, first is don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. If you see any of the signs, tell your doctor what you see. Well, tell their doctor what, what you see and ask to have them tested. Once you get tested, that gets you over the threshold because no one else is usually going to assist you and take you serious as saying, hey, I believe my son has autism. No, they're not going to assist you. They're going to direct you to their pediatrician to get them tested. And once you get them tested, if they are about to business, they'll be like, okay, well, you need to let me get you in touch with this. Most places, city states have some kind of autism organization. Mm -hmm. that you can go to and get information. Uh, for instance, uh, Santi is signed up with an autism program with any baby can. He gets a, um, a counselor and Priscilla is amazing. Like anything that a Santi needs, like she, she's on it. Um, we recently actually just got the autism toothbrushes. Yes, there's an autism toothbrush. It's a three-sided toothbrush for them. It's um, 
battery operated, you know, vibrating all that other stuff. And then she got him another one that's like a on the go toothbrush that you know he just slips in his mouth and it brushes his teeth. So you know, after the last dentist appointment, we talked about it, and she was like, "Have them write it on a piece of paper what it is. I got you an order." Okay. And she does. Like when we first signed up, she made sure we had safety stuff. She bought over like uh, fire extinguishers, made sure we had plugs for every socket, like everything safety. We were given this stuff, everything, resources, um, anything. That's also who we took the autism classes with to learn more. So she's very helpful if I need anything. Like literally have her number and can text her, hey, I need uh we need to check this. When he broke his glasses, I thought I already replaced them. I was like, um, by chance, y'all don't have nobody, nothing with eyeglasses. She said, girl, yeah, let me go and send you this voucher. Bam. Take it to here. Got his glasses replaced. So there are resources. You might have to dig in in, in the in the hay a little bit to find them, mm -hmm. but there are resources, and I'm also helping anybody learn those resources or give anybody any information that I have to help because it's something that is like you get the diagnosis and you just like Ooh, you don't to the and you like what's next like what do I go next I got this diagnosis I don't know what to do. But again, like I said, Francine kind of directed me in the direction and was like, hey, do this. And then everything else kind of fell in line. And I'm still learning. Like, I'm still learning, like, to have my house registered. And I was like, what? Have my house registered? Having your house registered, um, this particular organization for if there's ever an emergency. If you have to call 911 or the police department, they will send someone that has training with autism hmm. to the house because there's someone with autism in the house. It's a good program. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it, it's, uh, it is a lot when you have to get stuff like that done and getting them registered for just certain stuff done. But for the precaution, because now it's like you see so many autistic kids in the news that's getting shot or getting hurt or coming up missing or they being found dead. Like one man, I ain't gonna even talk about my fears on that note. Because for my child to be a black boy with autism is a whole nother fear for me. Like real talk, that is a whole nother fear for me. I want to go down that road, but I don't because that could lead somewhere else. About talk, just talking about that, uh, that subject right there. Um, mm. Because of it has two facets. Because now you you thinking about oh shit, I'm going down, I'm going down that road. Fuck, let's go, let's ride. So now you have the that facet. First you have the police brutality. Now you have an individual who cannot truly express themselves and when overstimulated can cause them to act, act up a certain way. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and those are things that um, those are things that people don't realize or understand 
when it comes to dealing with with just people in general because you again you don't know what a person experience especially police officers granted i understand they're going into a situation a phone call they have to be on high alert got it but if you have an individual who does not know how to express themselves or tell you what's really going on and they're being overstimulated and they react now you have now it went from just an innocent call to possibly uh, a violent act. Um, it is that's that's it's actually it's just it opened my eyes because now because I was I'm everybody knows um, police brutality, but now it's like another factor that you have to think about when you come talk when you talk about that. Very so much. Real. It's 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 very scary because that's I, I promise I have so many prayers that I pray daily because I'm like oh Lord please don't I don't I don't I don't want to experience that point of having to be pulled over and see what his how he reacts. Um, one of the reasons like if I travel road trip going out of town when I go to Dallas or anywhere I don't travel by myself with him just for that specific point of what if I get a flat tire. I have AAA, but you know there's a weight. Or if somebody sees you pulled over and stop, you know you hear all these stories. So I don't travel with him by myself. Um, they one of the things that I do do is um, with any baby can, like I say, they supply you with different stuff to help you. So they, you know, it's the stickers with autism. I'm not comfortable with tagging my car. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Actually having autism or autism kid on board. Um, I, I just can't bring myself to do that one because I, I feel like I'm like, hey, autism. Yeah, like I, I just feel like I'm just doing the attention. But what I do have, he has a medical sleeve that goes over the seat on his seatbelt that has alert. And if you open the medical sleeve, it does have what his diagnosis is and everything in there. Now I do have that, but as far as putting that warning on my car, I yeah, I just ain't about myself to do that one. Okay. So this will be my last question. And this is um this, I want you to be honest with this last question I asked you, both of you. What would you tell, look into the camera, and tell people out there, not just the black community, though, but, but community in general, about one and how to deal with individuals with autism? I missed the first part of the question. You said about what now? Autism. What autism? And how you suggest ways for them to deal with it, deal with autism. I would say this. Um, and I know where you're going with it. One of the things I had to do was I had to change my style of parenting. Um, from the way that I was raised, the way I raised my daughter, it didn't fit Asante. <laughs> Um, and he's very gentle. So I can say, Asante, go do this. If he act like he ain't hurt, I can change that tone without hollering at him. And I'm be like, Asante K, 
ma'am, let, let's 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 get moving. Did you hear what mommy said? I don't have to whoop him. I take things away if he has any discipline issues, had a rough day, depending on what the rough day was, or if he's not doing what he's supposed to do. I do believe in taking things away. But what I learned with even in the beginning of trying to just do with us, what us black people they say we do. We don't play disrespect or anything else. Um, I learned that something that can be this small went 10 times over with a sponsor. And that style of parenting, it just didn't work. So I'm going to say, one, don't be ashamed. As a parent, we have to do what we have to do for our kids. I make day-to-day -day sacrifices for my son. I know I can only work certain schedules because I am the primary care person for my son. So with the school he has, they don't do bus pickup. I know I have to be able to drop my son off and to pick him up. So that's a limited schedule for me. And if he has therapy, doctor's appointments, whatever, I have to be accessible in order to take him to those things because it's just me. So it is sacrifice. Sleep, baby. What is sleep? <laughs> Woo, baby. If I, it, it been a, a good night's sleep as far as between, Lord, I ain't gonna lie to you, but I'm adjusted at this point. But I mean, just don't be ashamed. There's nothing to be ashamed about. Like, I would be more ashamed for not doing for my child and making sure that he gets the quality of assistance that he needs in order to for him to be great like that is my wish for my son is for him to be a functioning adult for him to be the best that he can be and we're gonna roll with it and go from there yeah. all right nicole um i would say patience and empathy yes <laughs> you have to be patient that's whether you're a parent whether you're a caregiver, educator, doctor, therapist, or if you're just a spectator, um, patience and empathy, because it, things are definitely, usually 99% of the time, not what they appear. Um, so, you know, and we talked about this, um, the, oh, they just need to be disciplined or, oh, they're just being bad or whatever. It's not always that. Um, I remember an instance with one of my good friend's sons. We went in Bath and Body Works. Her son was autistic, um, maybe three, I think, at the time. We went in there, and he just started knocking stuff off the shelves, and we couldn't figure out why. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want her to have the mommy experience. So I was like, you stay in here. It's okay. Don't worry about who's looking. Don't, we'll, you know, I'm going to take him out and pick up the stuff he knocked over. I'm going to take him on a walk around the mall. And what it ended up being, all those different smells in there, because I had to think yes. about it. All those 9,000, I mean, it gets to me. All 9,000 yes. of them Bath and Body Works smells just triggered him and sent him, like, he was like, what the heck is that? He couldn't say it. He was nonverbal. So, yes. but I'm sure to the spectator looking, they were like, oh, my God, you know, he needs a spectator. Yes. It's so bad or whatever. So I think, again, being empathetic and patient. Um, is half the battle when dealing yes. with kids. With, and also, that's any child, I feel like, because yes. the thing about autism is that 
you can look at a child with Down syndrome and see that they have Down syndrome. You can look at a child usually with cerebral palsy and tail, but with autism, it's like an invisible disability, basically. Um, as a parent, now I can look at kids that I don't know and usually tell by idiosyncrasies and behaviors and stuff that they do. But nine times out of 10, the average Joe is not going to know. So it's just patience and empathy across the board, I think. I agree with that. All right. All right. Yes, we're smiling. All right. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up this way, but we, we can talk about this all day. We already an hour and 36 minutes. <laughs> but when you have that child, you 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 you're passionate about the diagnosis because you want to make the awareness of it and you want them to gain understanding because it's like they're a target. You know, they're a target for bullying, they're a target for mistreatment. And, so, and everything, just because you say kid act out, don't mean a, it's a, a butt whooping is going to cure it or solve the situation. So um, I definitely thank you, Nicole, for coming on. I greatly appreciate you. Yes, appreciate it. Definitely. So, um, honey, you want to start the outros tonight? Um, I think you guys covered this phenomenally, you know, given both um, ends. I don't want to use the word spectrum because, you know, we're dealing with autism, but you guys gave a, a good example of, you know, how your kid is and what they deal with personally, you know, and what your kid deals with personally. So I think, um, I think this is a lot of good information, especially for people who don't know. So um, I definitely want to thank uh, T for having the topic, Nicole, for you to coming on and giving your perspective um, about it. And I just want people to, um, instead of just assuming a child is just bad or, you know, just having a tantrum or whatever, just kind of put it in the back of your mind that maybe there's something else there and, just be mindful when, you know, you see kids out in public just throwing tantrums and stuff like that, so. Yes. Um, Nicole, you want to do your outro? Because I know long-winded up there. Baptist, Baptist preacher up there. Um, I just, I again, I thank y'all for having me on. It's something that I'm definitely passionate about and something that I think there isn't enough awareness. I think it's getting better. Agreed. Um, but there's not a lot of awareness about it. So, um, again, I just think it's, it's always refreshing to, to meet someone or talk with someone that has a shared experience or that. Yes. Can relate. Um, definitely. So I, again, I thank y'all for having me on. Awesome. Winchester. Uh, Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Why I gotta be all that? No, no. Um, Y'all basically hit on everything I was going to say as far as I appreciate y'all just being open and honest about, about autism. Um, like I said before, Nicole, she taught me a lot. And then dealing with uh, T and Santi, I learned, I learned more because ignorant me, you lump it all into one, into one diagnosis or one part of individual. But learning from you two guys is, is, Showing me that everybody's different. It's like the colors of a rainbow. Everybody's different, but they come together to make to make something very unique. Um, for the individuals that are watching and paying attention and listening, 
take heed to what these individuals are saying, not only Nicole and T, but Marcus, because again, we don't know what they're experiencing. We don't know what they're going through. All we do is sit there snickering or pointing and, and saying slick stuff out your mouth, but you're not walking on, you're not, not even walking two inches in their shoes. So empathize with them, understand what they're going through. And hell, if you don't know, ask. Like, shit, I guarantee they'll tell you. If you ask them a question, they will Because the more the mer- the more information you know, the better this world will be. And that's all I got. Definitely. So uh, a couple of the comments um, that uh, people have commented, they was like, they got some, they have received some gems from this live because there were things that they didn't know. Um, Francine, before she signed off because she had to go to work, she says, it sounds like there needs to be a community or a conference for support created, created for the Black autism community. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. Because if it wasn't for any baby can, like if I showed y'all my binder, which I meant to bring it in here, like I have like four binders this thick with information. They have preferred doctors, preferred dentists, everything in there um, to help and assist. And if you can't find it, they will find it for you. Um, So they've been a super great help with me with a lot of information. even as far as assigning or just even autism or providing. And they provide free classes. My son-in-law is due to take his free classes on autism, which is like six classes uh, next month because he wants to learn, you know? So, and I commend him for that because he's young and this is something that he wants to learn. Um, So I do, I commend him and I appreciate that with him. Um, My thing is parents, please don't be ashamed. If you sense anything, there's nothing wrong with getting your child tested. Break the stigma. Don't be embarrassed and keep it to yourself because that child that has that untreated disability or illness comes into an adult with an untreated illness or disability. And by then, there hasn't been any therapy, any treatment, any assistance to help this child. And now you have this adult with all these issues and you didn't kind of got down the road with these issues. And it's like, it's like trying to teach a dog a new trick kind of thing. You're trying to break this learned behavior over all these years and trying to bring it back. It's like that that's it's a lot of work. It is a lot. So just don't be ashamed. If you sense anything, any delay, like I said, there's there's no harm in checking. Definitely. Um, before we get off tonight, I definitely want to thank Honey, DW, definitely Nicole. I told you I felt like when we talked, I felt like I found my twin flame. Yes. <laughs> I don't be having nobody really to we talk about it. Yeah, so I love it. Um, to my my, uh, I call my my extended family, um, Asante's teachers. Uh, when we do our IEPs, we have a team of thirteen that are trying to figure out where we need to help him at and what we can do. And I won't shout out the school because it might be some creepos, but to his whole team at his school, I appreciate y'all. Y'all know I love y'all to pieces. And now y'all done see me ugly cry and be emotional. I thank y'all to his, (laughs) I'm gonna say his daddy, 
because they call his uh, teacher, his male teacher, Mr. Army, his dad, because besides me, this man knows my son just as much as I do. That's like his kid, literally. Um, and Amu knows I, I give him praises. I appreciate him 110 because his dedication is there. And he is where the turnaround started to happen with Asante. We started, so when he got there, we was like, whoa, what's up? So um, Priscilla, uh, Juan, his advocate, like I wouldn't be, Santi probably wouldn't be where we are now if it wasn't for them. And this is our village. It does take a village and this is definitely our village. And I love and appreciate everybody in our circles that helps and assist. So I thank everybody that tuned in, that commented um, tonight, 110. I appreciate y'all for supporting this podcast. So with that, we will see y'all next week. Um, next week, we'll be going a little deeper. <laughs> next month is mental health awareness. And we're going there because there are some, that stigma with mental health and suicide is on the rise with black people right now, kids and adults. We got to put it out there. So see y'all next week. Thank y'all for tuning in and y'all have a blessed night. Good night. Good night.